here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, as I spend uh, really almost all my available free time working on this next project, one in the morning, but typically early in the morning, I come across things, so many things I want to share with you. And so uh, I want to share some of them with you now. It's Friday. We keep the foot on the gas pedal. I've told you in the past about a man, the late Raymond Aron. And uh, he was a journalist, but more than that, a philosopher. He's French, or was. And he wrote a fantastic book called Democracy and Totalitarianism, A Theory of Political Systems. And um, he wrote something here that I want to read to you. We have a lot to do today, so we're going to do a lot, but I try to do more than a lot. I try to do what's compelling and intriguing and helps explain the world we live in today. Let me read this to you. The corrupt, first of all, he says... The degrees of corruption can be distinguished by their main cause. This is to be found either in the political institutions, in the narrow sense of the word, or in the social infrastructure. The corruption of political institutions appears when the party system no longer corresponds to the different groups of interests. Or rather, when the party system works in such a way that no stable authority emerges from the rivalry of the parties. So let's slow down a second. Who exactly does the Democrat Party today represent? The people don't want open borders. They don't want to double, triple the cost of electricity. 
They want affordable gasoline and affordable and available groceries. They don't want to be told what kind of automobiles to drive. So exactly who does that party represent? Now, you might say people keep voting for it, which is true, and it's a complex issue. There's a lot of reasons for it. But let's stick to this first. The second kind of corruption is that of the public spirit. Montesquieu was very important during the constitutional period, and he lived in the 15 and 1600s, and uh, he's quoted in the Federalist Papers. He was the gentleman who, who most well articulated the idea of separation of powers with the judicial, executive, and legislative. The second kind of corruption is that of the public spirit. Montesquieu called this the corruption of principle. Different modalities of corruption of principle can be imagined. Either devotion to the party obliterates in the end the awareness of the common good, and you can see that. And I've talked about this for years. How the Democrat Party in many ways is like the Communist Party. And those who lead the Democrat Party are in many ways like people who lead the Communist Party. It's the party first. And the country second. And everything else second. Your allegiance is to the party. Because the party is the way in which you get power. Either devotion to the party obliterates in the end the awareness of the common good or else the spirit of compromise, which is a necessity if the regime is to work, ends by preventing any clear decision from being made and any firm policy from being embarked upon. That sure as hell sounds like today, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? Lastly, writes Raymond Aron, corruption can originate from the social infrastructure when the industrial society is no longer able to work when social rivalry becomes so intense that the political power emerging from the parties is unable to dominate them. Now think about that. When the industrial society is no longer able to work, we see with the regulations and the attacks, energy independence and all the rest, a war on capitalism, a.k.a. a war on our industrial society, is succeeding in destroying the country. Constitutional pluralism, or I should say constitutional pluralistic regimes, he says, can be corrupted by too much oligarchy or too much democracy. That's why we're a constitutional republic. I don't buy the populism crap. And I don't buy the centralization of government crap. The first case, they become corrupt because a minority manipulates the institutions and prevents them from reaching their highest form, which is government by the people. The second kind of corruption appears, on the other hand, when oligarchy is too eroded, and the different groups push their claims too far, and no authority able to safeguard the general interests remains. Think about that. He also talks about the establishment of laws within which rivalry of individuals, of groups, and of parties takes place. Every violation of the law by force is a breach 
in the very existence and essence of the regime. <clears throat> so in other words, you can see what's happening with the Department of Justice and the FBI and how that's impacting the country. So I, I, I find this gentleman to be incredibly intelligent. And uh, unfortunately, he's known in, in, in uh, philosophy circles, philosophical circles. He's not known generally. The 20th century, there are authoritarian regimes which are not one-party regimes. And there are one-party regimes which do not become totalitarian, which do not develop an official ideology, and which do not shape all their activities through ideology. There exist one-party regimes in which the state does not absorb the society, and in which ideology does not take this insane expansion, which can be seen in the Soviet regime, as he wrote a few decades past. What is true is that every one-party regime in industrial societies brings with it the risk of totalitarianism. The Democrat Party is attempting to make America a one-party regime by putting the Republican Party out of business. H.R. 1 in the last Congress, ladies and gentlemen, was pushed for the purpose of destroying for all time the ability of the Republican Party to win elections. Packing the Supreme Court, packing the Senate with four more senators, all Democrats from Puerto Rico and the D.C. Uh, area, if they got their way, uh, and other changes that the Democrats intended to do to the voting system, would ensure one-party rule. We almost have one-party rule today. Not quite. Not quite. A, the Republicans aren't Marxists. They're more Quisling than Marxists, Mr. Producer. You know who Quisling was, Mr. Producer? Google it. Look that up. So the Republicans, not all, of course, but they're more, qu- <coughs> excuse me, they're more Quislings than Marxists. The Democrats are Marxists. People are afraid to say these things. They shouldn't be afraid to say these things because we can't defeat them if we keep... Oh, the Democrats. Oh, the progressives. Oh, the liberals. They're not liberal. They're not liberal. They're radicals. To be liberal is not to be a radical. It is possible... To understand, not the great purge itself, he's talking about Marxism, or the terrorism directed against the member of the party, but the possibility of these phenomena by starting with the technique of communist action. When a party gives itself the right to use force against all its enemies in a country in which to start with it is in a minority, it condemns itself to perpetual violence. Now, you can take violence out of there and talk about or adjust it to what's going on in our country today, when a party uses all government instrumentalities, the FBI, intelligence agencies, Department of Justice, the Environmental Protection Agency, when it uses all aspects of government instrumentalities to empower itself and destroy all challenges, it leads to violence. One-party police state. That's what he's saying there. 
Again, the book is Democracy and Totalitarianism, A Theory of Political Systems. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Quillet is a is a website, Quillet.com, a very good one. And uh, there's a piece there, Uncomfortable History, by Christopher J. Ferguson. And what he is doing is he reviews a book called Indigenous Continent by Pika Hamalanian. It's a long book. Grappling with Western misdeeds does not require us to turn indigenous tribes into pious exemplars of moral instruction. And I want to get into this after the break soon. What he's saying, what the author of the book is saying, and what I am saying is this. These endless, obsessive, vicious attacks on American history, which has the majority or the founders or the framers or whomever the boogeymen are, as the worst of the worst human beings to ever live on the face of the earth, ignores the history and culture, the history and culture of other people on the face of the earth because it doesn't serve the purposes of the present-day political narrative. Now, this particular book, it's a very extensive book. It talks about the early culture during the 1800s and so forth of the Native Americans in America the brutality, the misdeeds, and so forth, rather than a utopian narrative. Other books have been written about how horrendous black tribes in Africa were and still are in the torture, the treatment of women, the enslavement of other blacks, and ultimately the sale of blacks to others. None of this is ever discussed, certainly not in the classroom. You can't even discuss a colorblind society because it does not fit the narrative of critical race theory. It does not fit the narrative of the hate on for American history and America. But real history of people, real history of the early history of this country and other countries has a different story 
So if the New York Times were a legitimate outlet for information, you wouldn't have the 1619 Project. You'd have a project talking about what was taking place in the continent of Africa or what was taking place in the various tribes, as well as what was taking place with the Europeans and others who came to what became known as the United States. But we don't have that. We don't have it. This is very, very problematic. So Christopher Ferguson, reviewing this book, Uncomfortable History, says the Freudian concept known as reaction formation refers to a psychological defense mechanism against guilt. It occurs when an individual responds to a shame-inducing instinct with an overcorrection. Much of modern American history appears to be in the grip of reaction formation. Mortification at the developed West's historical misdeeds has produced a utopian narrative of indigenous worlds typified by matriarchy, cooperation, pacifism, and gender fluidity. That no such world ever existed is beside the point. Much of history is narrated to suit the proclivities of the audience, not to tell the truth about what actually happened. That is what's going on in our classrooms today. That is what's going on in the media today. This seems to be specifically true for our understanding of American Indian history. The violent migration of Europeans to the New World was very much like violent migrations throughout history and across cultures, most likely including successive waves of North American Indians through the history there is Mark Murky. And instead of understanding these events in the context of larger historical patterns, the Indian Wars are cast as a morality tale in the manner of Howard Zinn, in which the actions of European settlers are represented as uniquely reprehensible. This fantasy may be an inversion of past jingoistic and racist caricatures of American Indians as savages, but it is not more historically accurate. He says, I thought about this a lot as I read Pika Hamelinian's fascinating and controversial new history of Northern American Indians, indigenous continent. Told largely from the perspective of the natives, Hamelinian covers the centuries from the arrival of Europeans in North America through to the final subjugation of the last tribes in the late 19th century. It's a gripping history, but watching the author attempt to come to terms with the history he's telling also makes for fascinating psychological analysis. I want to pick up at this point after the bottom of the hour. Again, this relates to what's going on in our country today in our classrooms. I'll be right back. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said, tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. 
Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. I'm going to get into a number of the issues that are out there today. So just hang with me, but I'm trying to lay the foundation for things that are going on in this country. And so you can think about them. How much history is not taught to our children? How much history was not taught to you or me? In my case, I go out and learn it on my own. And I try and convey it to you. And so let me pick up where I left off with Christopher Ferguson at the Quillette site. Looking at Indigenous Continent, a national bestseller. Because I suspect nobody's ever heard of any of this. Although the word captive makes a lot of appearances in the book, it is selectively employed. When Europeans take people unwillingly to harsh work environments or to be sold to others, the victims are all called slaves. But when American Indians do the same thing, Hamelanian euphemistically describes those victims as captives. In fact, a number of tribes were energetic participants in the trade of other indigenous people, selling slaves to other tribes and to Europeans. Although Hamelanian shows an admirable willingness to discuss such practices, his discomfort is palpable. Rather than reviewing the cultural chasm or schism between indigenous people and Europeans, the historical record teaches us just how similar they were. Each vied for status and power, kept slaves, engaged in genocide against neighboring groups, mistreated women, indulged ethnocentrism, and so on. Tribes or confederations such as the Iroquois, Sioux, or Comanche were violent warrior cultures that recall the Spartans. This observation isn't intended to denigrate Native Americans. It's simply evidence of our shared, if profoundly flawed, humanity. What Europeans did to American Indians was often terrible. But Indians gave as good as they got, both to Europeans and each other. These stories are similar to those the world over. We're equally capable of great horrors and cruelty, and the history provides few examples of morally unambiguous heroes. Embracing the universalist truth can help us to move past the morality tale so often told in the guise of history and discard a misbegotten and ultimately selfish indulgence in self flagellation. This has always been the problem with Howard Zinn's school of history, these radical leftists. Since history of the U.S. resembles a biography written by a bitter former spouse. In lieu of a nuanced and accurate historical account, it offers a deliberate slander of our own culture, and so does critical race theory. The result is at once self-indulgent and self-pitying. A balanced account must not flinch from examining our historical mistakes and misdeeds and those of others. But the modern approach to history has too often become a neurotic wallowing in half-truths of our own failures. The corresponding utopian fantasies of other cultures more closely resemble the morality play of, of, a, to- of a token no- novel that more complex experiences of people who actually lived on Earth. A UK-based 
IEA economist Christine Nimitz recently observed in a short Twitter thread about anti-Britishness, signaling disgust at our own culture and history has little to do with truth or helping marginalized communities. Instead, it's a way to advertise the superficial cleverness of radical self-criticism. By castigating the United States on social media with our K-12 or university students, we can flatter our moral egos without needing to donate money or time to communities in need. It fosters division, and the main beneficiaries are not Native Americans or other marginalized groups, but whoever is collecting likes and followers online. We can do better than this. U.S. history should be clear and accurate about the U.S.'s misdeeds. But we should also acknowledge that the U.S. overcame its faults to become a beacon for progress. In the same way, we should highlight the wonderful culture, arts, religion, and so on of American Indians without turning them into pious exemplars of pastoral innocence and moral instruction. Our ethnic studies, quote-unquote, curricula too often lapse into propaganda designed to indict the sh- and shame the West and all its works. People and cultures are complex. People and cultures are complex. If students were permitted to understand that human failings are universal, but can be overcome, it might help to alleviate the depression and anxiety of those unjustly burdened by the sins of their ancestors. So I I embrace about uh, 80% of this. I think it's quite good as to the substantive part. And uh, I've now ordered this book, and I'll read it, a lot of it, over the weekend. And uh, But let's get to the heart of the matter here. Why am I telling you about this? Because he's exactly right. This punching bag of the United States ought not be a punching bag of the United States. The idea that Native Americans or others had these pure cultures, near-perfect societies, and so is a lie. Now, this isn't the first gentleman to write about it, Pika Hamelian. The Indians took slaves, too, tortured, mutilated, raped, as did white people, as did black people, particularly in Africa as did Asian people. And in some of these societies, it still occurs. Hell, in the United States, it still occurs. But the idea that we now teach, oh, it's a white dominant society, and everything that's wrong with this society, this critical race theory, is the fault of that mentality. is sickening. Individualism is replaced with what I'll call groupism. Groupism. You're born a certain way, then you're identified a certain way, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. That is horrendous. That is horrendous. And yet that is critical race theory, and that is what's being taught. When you say you can't say colorblind society, like my wife was told by the superintendent in Fairfax County two nights ago, because saying colorblind society means 
you're promoting a white, dominant, racist society. That is sickening. That means you cannot view individuals as individual human beings with their own hearts and souls and brains, with their own motivations, with their own conduct, with their own love, with their own activity, with their own motivation. No, no, you're grouped. And this serves the purposes of government. Whether it's the Fairfax County school system, whether it's the Loudoun County school system, both in Virginia, whether it's the thousands and thousands of school systems across the country, whether it's the media that creates narratives, and certainly whether it's government and politicians. Because individualism, there's 360 million of us with our own ideas, our own beliefs, our own thoughts. It's just much easier to say, well, there's this number of white people, we'll categorize all these people as white. There's this number of black people, we'll categorize them as white, excuse me, as black. This number of Asian people, we'll categorize And then we, we issue executive orders with equity dictates, which specifically say African Americans, Native Americans, these Americans, those Americans, they get this, this group, this group, this group does not. They're not on the list. That's totalitarian. That's the federal government today. That's the Democrat Party. That's who they are. They don't believe in individualism. They believe in groupism. Groupism. In other words, classes like Marxism. Put the put you in groups. Marx wasn't focused on race. So the race hustlers figured out it's a perfect way to advance the Marxist agenda. And that's what they've done. And that's what your kids are learning in school. You can't say colorblind society. That's not what Martin Luther King meant in 1963, August 28th. At the Lincoln Memorial when he said it. That's not what he meant. What he meant was, and then they go ahead and they lie. No, 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 you don't understand what he actually meant. Oh, okay. What did he actually mean? So keep this in mind. It's very important. And none of these societies are utopian societies. None of these societies um, were so far ahead that they treated women properly or gay people a certain way or they, they issued penalties and they didn't torture, they didn't rape, they didn't enslave. Uh, yes, they did. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. Are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. 
If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You know, there's a, a word that's been coined, not by me, that's out there called presentism. 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 And what that has come to mean is you project on today's you take from today's society the mores and values and so forth, and you project them onto the past. And it doesn't work very well, does it? Because things evolve over time. And so this is used to destroy American history, to destroy Madison's home and Jefferson's home and the whole narrative of the great America founding. But it is never applied to other cultures. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? It's never applied to other cultures, presentism. And I would add, that's sort of what the guy's point is. That we take today's, what we consider progress, and apply it 250 years ago, which is fine. But to do so in a cherry-picked way is not fine. Now, I don't believe we should do it at all, but that's fine. It's not applied to Native American tribes. It's not applied to African tribes. It's not applied to Arab tribes. And I can go down the list of ethnicities. and It's just not. It's only applied to the American majority. And that's why critical race theory is such cancer and such poison, and that's why the superintendent of Fairfax County should be removed. Because you can't say colorblind society. The victims of those cultures, they wouldn't appreciate the fact that they're overlooked, would they? They wouldn't appreciate the fact that they were held as slaves, that women were raped, people were tortured, slaughtered, disemboweled, murdered in the most horrendous ways. No, I don't think so. This is why the New York Times is such a rotten, lousy piece of propaganda. The teachers' unions and the educational bureaucracy, colleges and universities on down, are such loathsome demagogues. And the Democrat Party is such a vile, anti-American institution. Just my opinion. You don't have to agree with it. I want to play something for you, and it doesn't make me happy to play this. 
It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world, but it doesn't make me have to have to play this. I call him as I see him, whether Ross Dutton understands that or not. Kevin McCarthy, hat tip, right scoop, cut 11, go. Why wouldn't you sit down and negotiate and talk? If there's differences, you can always find ways that you can solve this problem. If you think the only action is to go to court, I believe that's wrong in the places is instead of solving it. This is a big employer inside Florida. I think the governor should sit down with him. I don't think the idea of building a prison next to a place that you bring your family is the best idea. <laughs> I think it would be much better if you sat down and solved the problems. But for the same point, if you're going to be a large employer in, inside this uh, state, you should also abide by the rules and run your business and don't think you should get into politics. Well, that's all well and good, but they did. And they have. And when you're a governor, you have to confront this. And we have hundreds, if not thousands, of corporations in this country who are joining with the cultural mob and destroying America. And when you're a governor and they're reaching into your classrooms to try and prevent you from preventing the teachers' unions and these special interest groups on the hard left and the woke mobs from destroying your educational system, you're supposed to sit down and negotiate with Disney? I want to continue this after the top of the hour, but this is a big disappointment for me. We should be getting behind Ron DeSantis because he's fighting the woke warriors. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So it's my view that when we have a leader who's willing to take on one of the wealthiest, most ubiquitous, powerful corporations on the face of the earth that does business in communist China and everywhere else, by the way, whose chairman of the board is a left-wing Democrat who donates hugely to left-wing Democrats, who pushed the one conservative who was on the board, off the board, Ike Perlmutter, who owned Marvel, and owns 20% of the company. Now it hasn't even a voting position on the board of directors. Whose employees are not all radical leftists, but because of the usual wokeism that goes on, whether it's college campuses or universities, and is trying to dictate policy to the governor and the Republican state legislature as applies to the classroom. You don't sit down and negotiate with them. They're way out of their lane. And wouldn't it be nice if we had governors and 
California and New York and Illinois and New Jersey and Michigan who stood up to these corporations? Wouldn't it be nice? It's easy. It's easy to ignore these corporations. It's hard to take them on. And yet education is crucial in this country. We talk about school choice. We talk about the parents' movement. And yet when a governor stands up to a bully, when a governor stands up to Disney World and Disneyland, the Disney Corporation, which is trying to impose its will into the classrooms of kindergarten, first graders, second graders, and third graders, tell the parents to screw off, and dictate the most disgusting, disgusting curricula to these little kids with grotesque textbooks and books in their libraries and lesson plans. And not every teacher even wants to do this, by the way. The governor is supposed to negotiate with somebody who doesn't even have a place at the table? This corporation has... No role whatsoever in the governance of the state of Florida. And this is what people in Washington need to start to understand, Democrat and Republican. We are sick and tired of these special interest groups. We are sick and tired of these corporatists telling us what to do. And when you have a governor that tells them to screw off, and for good substantive reasons, no, he should not sit down and negotiate with them. And it's the corporation that keeps raising the temperature and raising the temperature and raising the temperature. We have to fight these culture battles or we're going to lose our country. We're going to lose our children. We're going to lose our economic system. And when you have a governor, and I guess what is the third most populous state in the country, who's willing to take them on, he should be applauded by Republicans. Applauded. Not he sit down with Disney. Again, this isn't personal with me. I'm not even happy I have to talk about this. I expect this from Asa Hutchison. I expect this from Chris Christie. I expect, expect this from Chris Sununo. I expect this from Larry Hogan. These are people who have contributed nothing. Nothing. To the well-being of the moral fabric of this nation. Nothing. They got their four years or their eight years and they're perfectly happy. Now they move on and tell everybody else what they're supposed to do. This is why DeSantis is a standout. I don't even agree with President Trump on this. Who appeared to take the side of Disney? I don't agree with it at all. So no, I... uh, I don't think that a governor and a legislature is to sit down at the table and work out a deal with the Disney Corporation. How many conservative corporations, there's few left, Goya and a few other, do Democrat governors sit down and have a discussion with? I mean, it's ridiculous. In my view. Nikki Haley did the same thing. 
Okay, well then come to South Carolina if Florida doesn't want you. Florida didn't say they don't want them. Florida said, we're in charge of our school systems. Doesn't Nikki Haley believe that? Doesn't South Carolina believe that? No, 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 no. Come to South Carolina. Now, how ridiculous this was. They're not going to pick up their whole amusement parks, all of them, and bring them to South Carolina. So she knows it was never going to happen. So she says it anyway. An unserious statement. You want to be taken seriously, make serious statements. But this comes out of left field on CNBC. Now, meanwhile, Disney has sued the governor. They just keep pushing and pushing and pushing state lands. We shouldn't have prisons next to amusement parks. Where should we have them? Where should we put them? state land what should we put there I don't care what they put there I could care less of course it's not my point I think they got enough problems in Washington DC and a much enough difficulties in Washington DC that they ought to focus on Washington DC what do you think Mr. Producer And no, the left loves it when conservatives talk about other conservatives. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm explaining Mark's viewpoint on why this program and behind this microphone, and I believe millions and millions of you agree with me and Ron DeSantis and that we shouldn't sell out in the middle of a culture war where we have a general, a warrior who's fighting it and is being shot in the back. They're all kinds of people. And when we have governors and state legislatures that are going to stand up to this and fight this and fight these teachers' unions and get behind the parents and push the filth out of our schools and out of our, out of our school elementary school libraries, that they're going to they're gonna have our support. We're going to stand behind them. I don't give a damn who's running for office, how they're running for office, or who the hell they are. That country's at stake. That country's at stake. These are not typical times. This is not normal politics. We have a political party that has embraced all these Marxist ideologies that has taken us to town here. They're taking us to town. People don't even want to send their kids to public school anymore. They're looking for alternatives. They're begging for alternatives. But they don't have to do that in Florida. Because you're not allowed to teach this filth and you're not allowed to teach this racism. Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a great thing? The children who go to public schools in Florida 
And the parents who send them can take comfort in knowing that they're not going to be pawns in a propaganda game of Disney or the left. That's a great thing. And yet in many states, even with Republican governors, that's not happening. I just told you what's happening in Fairfax County, Virginia, the biggest county in Virginia, Loudoun County, Virginia, go right down the list. Governor Yunkin doesn't have a majority in the Senate. He's short by one, which is unfortunate. But it is unfortunate. Because the schools in Virginia remain a mess. Regardless of what you think or hear, they remain a mess. The schools in Florida... The stuff that's taught is different than most of the other states. You're not going to teach racism and critical race theory, and you're not going to teach sexuality to little kids. It's not going to happen. And you don't need to sit down at the table with a corporation that's pushing it. That corporation has to be defeated because it's spending its resources and using its personnel to push a cultural agenda which is the antithesis of what the people of Florida want and if you sit down and talk with them you're ceding the moral high ground moreover you're encouraging other corporations to do the same thing because now you're inviting them to the table now that may be the way it works in Washington with the special interests but it doesn't have to be nor does it have to be the way it works in Tallahassee, Florida Think what you will about the presidential election. Ron DeSantis is a godsend to the state of Florida. Did you hear what I said? The truth is, every conservative who looks in the mirror says to themselves, who doesn't live in Florida, I wish that guy was my governor. I wish that guy was my governor. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Whenever you uh, 
take on the Marxist left, there's going to be pushback by the Democrat Party and the media and academia. You're going to come under attack. You're going to be character assassinated. You're going to be smeared. Your words are going to be taken out of context. Headlines will be marqueed all over the place. You won't even recognize who you are or what you said. You'll become a supposedly controversial figure, a provocateur, a non-substantive person, in fact, a non-person. And that's why they try, what they try to do to people. Whether you're on Fox, whether you're on talk radio, whether you're running a state, whether you're in Congress, whether you're running for president, whatever it is. And so Republican politicians are very hesitant. And some, like failed governors like Christy and Asa Hutchison and Chris Sununu and Larry Hogan, they throw in with the mob. They, th- <laughs> they think they'll buy some peace. <clears throat> but as Rush used to say, they're buying nothing. There is no peace with these people. None. They hate us. They want to destroy us. And not just me, but you. All these policies they're putting in place aren't aimed at Mark. They're aimed at you. Economic policies, cultural policies, classroom policies, border policies, they're aimed at you. And it takes cuts to take them on. Because the left controls the printing presses. They control the microphones. They control the TV screens. They control the history. They've succeeded in devouring the culture. And so to fight back, claw our way back, it's a a daunting task. So when somebody's doing it, and taking spitballs from the peanut gallery, it's really quite, quite frustrating to me. Quite frustrating to me. By the way, America... Another great Life, Liberty, and Live In on Sunday. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. 7 p.m. Central, and you know the time. Life, Liberty, and Live In. I have an opening statement that's very important. I think it's very different, as a matter of fact. I think you're really going to enjoy it and learn from it. I don't just go on TV and blabber. And the second half, part two, and the final half of my interview with President Trump, which is actually quite fascinating. Not for Mediaite. They, uh, they're very busy. They're very busy hanging on Joe Scarborough's every slur and focusing heavily on Joe Biden's every spittle drip. That's a Dan Abrams creation. What a fraud that guy is. What a complete fraud that guy is and the animal abuse that Dan Abrams participates in by putting glue on the bottom half of a squirrel and putting it on his head. That's not his real hair, you know. That's a dead squirrel. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? It's true. Used to be rabbits, but we're running out of rabbits. Culture. The culture. 
talk about it. We do nothing about it. Somebody's doing something about it, and he's under attack by Republicans. Drives me crazy. So uh, we will stand up. We will fight. At least from a uh, an intellectual perspective. Brittany Grenier, remember her? She used to be a captive in Russia. She's a professional basketball player. Uh, here's her comment about the biological males in women's sports. Cut 13, go. Everyone deserves the right to play. Everyone deserves the right to to come here, sit in these right, Wait seats. a minute, I don't mean to be rude. Is that a her? Is that her? It is her? I'm sorry, start at the top again. Everyone deserves the right to play. Everyone deserves the right to to come here, sit in these seats, and feel safe, and not feel um, like there's a threat, or they can't be who they are, or um, like, like it's just all eyes on them. Uh, so, um, I think it's a crime, honestly, to to separate um, someone for any reason. Um, so I definitely will be speaking up against against those that legislation and those laws that are trying to be passed for sure. I don't even understand what she's saying. People who do claim to understand what she's saying is that she supports biological males and women's sports. Is that what she's saying, Mr. Producer? All right, so in other words, she opposes women's sports. And for most of her career, she was in women's sports without biological males. How pathetic. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Mark doesn't suffer fools well. So, if you're a fool, don't call 877-381-3811. That'd be right, right there. You know, I watch these shows or listen to people say, uh, where's he at? Where's he at? That's not proper grammar. I don't mean to be a little Miss Manners here, but where is he at? Where is he? Right, Mr. Producer? No, no. Where is he at? I hear this all the time, even on game shows and everything. I don't even watch a game show. I'm walking by. Hey, where is he at? Go, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean, where is he at? Or I'll watch this gem show. I like, hey, where's that gem at? No, no, where is the gem? Not where is the gem at. Mr. Producer, open your microphone, would you please? 
pronounce the word A-S-K for us, would you? Ax. What's that? I asked a question. I asked a question? You're trying hard. <laughs> but after years and years of saying axed, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. I asked. Is that better? I asked. Like ass. Ask. <laughs> Ask with a K on the end. You got that Bronx accent. What am I going to do? Problem is, I got this Philly thing, too. How do you pronounce D-R-A-W-E-R? My drawer? Drawer, did you say? My drawer. I say draw. Mm, no. Again, that's the accent, right? So I'm not perfect. Don't get me wrong. I never said I was. So I'll say, open the drawer. Say what? Open my drawers? Who are you talking to? Well, here's one. I want to congratulate the state of Florida. Florida scores huge win for free and fair elections over Mark Elias and an Obama judge at Red State, Strife. If that is his name, and it's not, but it doesn't matter. Yesterday, a panel of the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals handed Florida Governor Ron DeSantis a huge victory over Mark Elias, judicial overreach, and industrial strength stupidity by a two-to-one decision. You know, we win these things by the skin of our teeth. With an Obama judge dissenting, and those Obama judges, they know why they're on the court, man. Radical left every damn time. The panel upheld nearly all of Florida's overhaul of voting rules in May 2021. In May 2021, the Florida legislature passed a major overhaul of the state election law. The law's goals were to make elections more transparent and trustworthy while outlawing known abuses of the system, particularly those abuses that came into being based on the whim of unelected officials and judges to allegedly allow the system to cope with an election during a pandemic. And these are some of the points uh, of what the Florida law does. Voters can still request to vote by mail instead of voting in person. However, some changes are being made to the request process. Voters can submit a vote-by-mail application. It outlawed the mass mailing of ballots. All requests for ballots have to be accompanied by a Florida driver's license number, an ID number, or the last four digits of the applicant's Social Security number. Oh, my God! How homophobic can you be? How racist can you be? Drop boxes outside the permanent election office, several of them, must be located to give all voters an equal opportunity to use them. Drop boxes may only be used for early voting. They must be monitored by staff from the election supervisor's office. Drop box locations must be announced 30 days before an election. It cannot be changed after that date. All boxes must be emptied by the end of voting hours each day. Oh my God, another obstruction! Suppression! Repression! Convicted felons must check a box declaring their voting rights have been restored on the voter registration form. State must create and maintain a secure website for online voter registration. In addition, there are risk management requirements that accompany this provision. All electronic devices and networks used for voting must be screened for vulnerabilities and protected from cyber attacks. Voter turnout data must be made available to the public in real time. 
Florida's DMV must cooperate with the Florida Secretary of State's office in tracking voter address changes. What is wrong with any of this? What is wrong with any of this? Nada. Applications collected by third-party organizations must be delivered to the appropriate county within 14 days. And the groups must inform voters that they are a third-party organization and cannot guarantee that the applications will be delivered on time. If an application is not delivered on time, the organization must inform the voter how to register online. And the organization gets fined $50 per late application. The minimum distance for electioneering is increased from 100 feet to 150 feet from the voting location. Anyone who wants to assist a voter in the polling place has to submit a declaration to provide assistance in advance. And must swear that they are not engaged in electioneering and they are neither the employer of the voter nor an agent of that employer. Sounds like Jim Crow, Mr. Producer. Or Jim Eagle. Contrary to many statements, you can provide water to voters in line. You just can't talk to them about voting. Poll watchers will have a badge issued by the election supervisor. All ballot forms and materials from the election must be retained for 22 months. Poll watchers will have a badge issued by the election supervisor. I mentioned that, I think. All duplicate ballots created to replace damaged vote-by-mail ballots must be made in an open room with witnesses. Overvotes or undervotes, they can't be corrected. That is, cases where the voter seems to have intended to undervote or overvote cannot be studied for voters' intent. The accuracy of duplicate ballots can be challenged by observers resulting in the ballot being voted on by the canvassing board. Oops, I accidentally filled out two ballots. <laughs> Candidates must be registered members of the party whose nomination they seek for a year before the election. Candidates registering as independents must not have been party members for the past year. They don't want them, obviously, playing the system. Voter certification on envelopes must be open to public inspection. Parties, candidates, and political action committees are entitled to see all voter certificates and envelopes before they are counted. Comparing voter signatures must be open to access and review. It is illegal for election boards to accept private donations of money, goods, or services to support an election. That is the uh, Zuckerberg rule. You can't have any Zucker turds in, uh, in Florida. Definitely racist and homophobic. Written notice of any settlements, consent decrees, or orders that would modify state election law must be submitted to state authorities 10 days before it is scheduled to go into effect, and officials have a positive duty to defend the state election law. Wow. All common sense with the various ways that people vote to ensure integrity, and the, of course the Democrats do not want to ensure voter integrity, and then you say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, this is, this is a, a recipe for fraud. Hey, hey, what are you, a denier? Hey, Bill Barr, what do you make of this guy? Yeah, what do you make of them? Well, why are the Democrats doing all this stuff? If it doesn't help them, does it make any sense? It's like open borders. Why are they doing that? If it doesn't help them, why are they opening the borders? If it doesn't help them, 
Why are they destroying, destroying the protections that we have in place to prevent fraud on voting? And then with, it's the cleanest election ever. How do you know that? Because we brought 732,000 lawsuits and not a single judge would listen. That's not exactly the way it worked. But, you know, I hear the propaganda all the time. I hear the propaganda all the time. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand-new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Well, the North Carolina Supreme Court, as our friends at Right Scoop point out, has just issued a bombshell ruling that will allow, hello, allow Republicans in the state to redraw their congressional maps, which could net as many as four more Republican seats in Washington, D.C. The new ruling from the majority Republican court overturns a ruling by the prior court, which I believe was majority Democrat, that blocked a new state congressional map drawn by Republicans. It's a five to two ruling. And the court struck down its prior ruling that gerrymandering violates the state constitution. Now, gerrymandering has been going on since we've had a republic. And gerrymandering comes from the name Jerry. An individual, I think he was a congressman, Congressman Jerry, who was damn good at it. Washington Times says the North Carolina court overruled its prior decision. After GOP took control of the state's highest court, the new GOP majority bench reheard the dispute in a rare move. Then it issued a decision saying court should stay out of the political process. Court should stay out of the political process. Now, there's one concern I have. If this is the case that served as the basis... You Supreme Court justices out there, cover your ears, please. If this is the case that serves as the basis for the U.S. Supreme Court deciding whether or not the prior North Carolina Democrat court had the authority to do what it did, I'm not sure it is. And I don't think it is, but it could be. I just saw this. 
uh, that could result in the Supreme Court not taking that up. And we need them to take it up, and we need them to get it right. We need them to take it up, and we need them to get it right. For future presidential elections, when state courts, secretaries of states, governors, all kinds of Democrats of ill repute uh, are changing election laws, even though the Constitution gives that authority to the state legislatures. Is that amazing to you? We have Democrat politicians all over this country violating the federal Constitution. Then in their defense, the hack law professors and their friends in the media say that if you actually read the Constitution in Article 2 and you support what's written there in black and white, there's nothing confusing about it, that the state legislatures determine how electors are going to be chosen. It's state legislators and state legislatures, not state governors, not state secretaries of state, because they didn't have any back then, not state boards of elections, because they didn't have any back then. That somehow you're a right-wing kook for pointing that under the Constitution, and because they institutionalize their fraud and their dishonesty, by perverting that language in the Constitution, you actually have criminal investigations of people for things they should not be criminally investigated for, like challenging the election results. And yet people who violate the Constitution under cover of black robes, or cover of governor's offices, or cover of whatever, they're righteous, they're celebrated, and so forth and so on. All right, I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Don't forget, Sunday. Sunday, as you're winding down, hopefully after a wonderful weekend, you don't want to hear the same old, same old, a conga line of guests and so forth. What I've done with Life, Liberty, and Levin is what I would like to watch. And I think most of you like to watch, given the ratings. When I was growing up, there were these shows on late Sunday. Maybe it involved a grunt skiing company around Washington. Maybe it was Firing a Line with the wonderful William F. Buckley. Maybe it was Suskin. It wasn't another lib. It's with all these shows. And I like to watch them even when I strongly disagreed with the host or a guest. Because they delved into issues. It wasn't, you know, just boom, 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 boom. I don't, I don't dig that. I don't like it. So, if I have a guest on, I have a guest on for a reason. And that guest is on so we can hear what that guest has to say about various things. This Sunday, 
8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central. You name it, there we are. I have, I think, a very important opening. One of the most unusual openings in terms of non-prototypical type openings on cable. Some of the producers got very nervous. I don't know if we should do it. I don't know if they'll let us do it. I said, do it. We're doing it. Do it. Followed by the part two of our interview with Donald Trump. He does a great, great job. And it's very, very interesting. I've already banned the left from watching. I've banned the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. I have banned Mediocreite and all the fools, frauds, and phonies there. I have banned Maggot Haberman. I have banned Jeremy and his Peters. And I have banned, of course, Philip and his Bump and the other retrograde phony journalists out there you needn't watch but we'll watch because that show's not for you anyway no it's not and speaking of maggot haberman apparently she doesn't have enough work to do over there at the new york slimes it's been a long time since i've seen one of those articles at the new york slimes where she's like the sole journalist typically she writes pieces where there's three four five or six others helping her Because she's special. Now, Maggot, I should go through her background one day. Maggot worked for a conservative news platform at one point. Can you believe that? It's true. It's like Robert Costa did as well. National Review. It's true. Oliver Darcy, I think, did at one point. And down the list they go. But, you know, sellouts they are and sellouts they'll be. They... They figured they'd find money on the other side of the uh, railroad tracks, and they did. Anyway, Maggot Haberman was on CNN yesterday, which means nobody saw her. And Maggot should know this by now. Nobody's watching CNN. But there she is. And she just wants you to know, look, Biden had the cheat sheet, you know, where he had the, the picture and name of the journalist. The subject of the questions and the media have said, like the L.A. Times, no, 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 we didn't tell them in advance, no, no. Yes, you did. How else would they know? Stop lying to us. Why else would Joe Biden have that cheat sheet with the list? This guy's so pathetic. He can't even call on reporters. He can't even say, yes, uh, you're with whom and what is your name? That's all you have to do. What's this? He can't do it. I predict now in the general election, he's not going to want to debate. Or maybe he'll do one debate. It's just incredible to me. Here's Maggot Haberman, cover-up artist. Cut 17, go. I've never seen that detailed a, a note card before, and it is an unfortunate image for Biden for all of the obvious reasons. We see Republicans hitting him as too old, that he doesn't know enough. I've never seen somebody have to have themselves listed as an attendee at an event. Look, we saw Stop Donald right Trump. there. They have to list him. Mr. President, yes, you're attending the event at which you're attending. I am? Yes. Because if you don't attend the event that you're attending, then you're not attending the event that you're attending. 
Run that by me again. Mr. President, we're giving you a, a note card with pictures on it. Pictures of the journalists and their names and the news platform that they work for. Yes. We're also giving you information about the question they're going to ask because we required that uh, in advance. Much like, you know, a Putin interview. Oh. All right. So am I attending this? Mr. President, this is your event. You must attend this. That's why we put your picture and your name on the same note card and said that you're attending it. I see. When's lunch? After the event, Mr. President, please stay focused. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Let's go. Let's go where? Mr. President, you're attending an event with reporters. It's on the note card. See, there's your picture. That doesn't look like me. That looks like Joe Biden, not me. Is Joe coming? No, you are Joe. I am? Yes, you are. I thought I was Jim. No, Jim is your brother. So Jim's coming. No, Mr. President, you're attending this event. See all the pictures on there? Yes, I do. Who are they? They're these so-called journalists who are coming. Oh, okay. Why are you giving me this? Because you're attending an event. I am? Yes, you are. Then what are we waiting for? Okay, you ready to go? Yes. Where's the restroom? Now, Mr. President. So it goes something like that, ladies and gentlemen. Maggot Haberman, go ahead. His hand-scrawled note cards, you know, there were images of that constantly when he would be at events. I remember Rudy Giuliani as mayor in New York City. His folks would come up to us in the press corps and not only try to figure out what we were going to ask, but tell us what he wanted to talk about sure. and what they hoped would happen. So I don't know exactly... Well, what- then, I, of course, Biden is not too old. He's not inane. He's on his game. But Maggie, let me ask you a question as you speak quickly like this. You're sort of the uh, Chris Matthews in drag or vice versa. Let me ask you a question. Why won't he have a press conference? We know that President Trump had multiple press conferences. Remember that? Remember? Oh, yes, multiple. Many. More than anybody else. Remember that? Remember that, Maggie? Do you remember that? Joe Biden has not had multiple press conferences. How can you compare the two? Maggie, why are you so obsessed with Trump? Why do you keep bringing Trump up? Trump's not president. The putative president is Biden. Why don't you talk about Biden? What do you know about Biden? What do you know about his IQ? What do you know about his mental health? What do you know about his doctors? Do you know anything? Yes, no, maybe so. Do you know anything? No, Trump, Trump, Trump. I want to talk about Trump. I got a Pulitzer Prize. Trump, I want to talk about Trump. No, no, we want to talk about Biden. She's such an idiot. It's really unbelievable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Fox News reported yesterday that in a cartoon published by the Lexington Herald-Leader, Daniel Cameron, the Attorney General of the state of Kentucky, a Republican and a black man, is shown with noticeably lighter skin than in real life, is wearing what appears to be a Make America Great Again hat backwards, 
and is saying that he would let people die if he were governor during a pandemic. And the scene is set inside a church with another figure appearing to play the role of Jesus Christ nailed to a cross in the back room, in the background rather. Is it getting any sicker than that? And it is a pleasure and an honor to have the Attorney General of Kentucky with us, Daniel Cameron. I mean, how come the left can get away with this blatant, flat-out racism against a person like you? Well, Mark, thank you for having me on. Uh, It is absolutely disgusting to have a major newspaper in Kentucky publish a cartoon that is so sick and uh, is disdainful obviously, of Christians, of people of faith, uh, and then to add an element to sort of try to demean me or, uh, look, at the end of the day, I see this a lot, unfortunately, from the far left, which they tell us they're tolerant, but if you are a black conservative, there's no, toler- there's no tolerance for you. And so, unfortunately, this stuff happens. In fact, this same newspaper published a cartoon from the same cartoonist in 2019 uh, with Donald Trump in KKK garb uh, and me being drugged behind him. Uh, so this is par for the course, sadly, for this newspaper, but it's despicable. Uh, the Herald leader should be ashamed of itself, and they should fire the cartoonist Joel Pett uh, if they have any, any desire to make amends with conservatives that live in this commonwealth. Again, they disparaged me, uh, which is fine because when you're in leadership, you know you're going to take the slings and arrows. But what incensed me the most was the fact that they mocked faith, uh, that they had this cartoonist mock the crucifixion of Christ as well. It's disgusting. Uh, And that's why I'm fighting. I'm running for governor, as you know, Mark, and I'm running and fighting for the values of Kentuckians. And we've got to push back against this far-left nonsense that is trying to creep into our commonwealth. Attorney General Daniel Cameron of Kentucky, who is running uh, for governor. Got a lousy governor there right now, just one man's opinion. And I'm looking at this cartoon. It looks like it, not only is the substance horrendous, this is a cartoon. It looks like he's a, it's a third grade drawing. And the way is Jesus on the cross is so utterly and completely, as you point out, disrespectful and so forth. I mean, this guy's a real hater. And let me ask you this. Have newspapers across the country raised any concerns about what was done by this local paper? You know, it's sad. I mean, the legacy far-left media has been absolutely silent on this because, one, it doesn't fit into their progressive far-left narrative. Two, I am a black conservative, and so therefore it's not offensive because they don't deem anything that the far left does to black conservatives as offensive. But again, I am going to stand up for folks here in Kentucky. I don't care whether the folks on CNN or MSNBC disparage me or the far left disparages me. I've got a responsibility to fight and stand up for the values of Kentucky. I'm going to continue to do that, whether they call me names or draw despicable cartoons about me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to do what's right by our Commonwealth. And again, That's why we need, to your point, Mark, we have a lousy governor. He shut down churches. He shut down small businesses. uh, He shut down schools for nearly two years. We're still having learning loss from our students because of it. And we need new leadership here in Kentucky, and that's why I'm running for governor. 
Let me ask you a question. Uh, you have a Republican primary there? We do. Our primary is on May 16th. And if any of your listeners want to get involved, they can go to CameronForKentucky.com. Again, that's CameronForKentucky.com. I feel very strongly about our position. Uh, there are a lot of candidates in this race, but I've been running on a record, which is, again, standing up to the Biden administration. When the Biden administration tried to force vaccine mandates on Kentucky, I went into federal court and got those vaccine mandates halted. When our governor shut down churches, I went into federal court, and after nine days got churches reopened in Kentucky. Uh, and I've been standing firm on pro-life and other conservative constitutional values, and I'm going to continue to do that. Do you consider yourself the conservative in the uh, race? I absolutely consider myself the conservative in the race, and not only do I consider myself the conservative in the race, but President Donald J. Trump has endorsed my campaign for governor, and over 100 law enforcement officials have endorsed this campaign for governor. And, Mark, if you want to get in on the fun and endorse this campaign, I'd be grateful (laughs) as well. Well, that's where I was going. And I do want to endorse you for your race for governor, and we desperately need you to be the governor of Kentucky. And uh, <clears throat> wow. and I think you would do a fantastic I job. Know. So I don't know if it's going to hurt you or not, but yes, I will endorse you. <laughs> I'm honored. Thank you so much. That, that, means, that means the world to me. And let me say this to you. Nobody should have to put up with this, this racism, this modern-day racism. It's an amazing thing. We talk about racism 100 years ago. We talk about the founding and who owns slaves. We look at today what's going on here where you have a newspaper. They know this guy's a reprobate. They had to approve the running of his uh, his cartoon in their newspaper. The New York Times knows this was done. The Washington Post knows it was done. The whole world now knows it was done because I just talked about it. And you won't get any support whatsoever for the left because the Democrat Party is very forgiving of Democrats. Is it not? Right. No, that's right. No, to Mark, to your point, I mean, again, there will be radio silence from the far left, again, because so long as the far left attacks a black conservative, it's okay. That is inbounds, but everything else is politically offensive. Again, whether it's me or, or other black conservatives, we know that this comes with the territory, but I think where they misunderstand is that I'm always going to stand up and stand strong and I'm not going to back down. I'm going to continue to talk conservative values and a conservative vision uh, because that is what I believe is best for the black community, for all communities. Uh, And that's what I'm going to keep standing firm for uh, in this race for governor. And when I am governor, we're going to have a governor here and leadership here in Kentucky that is going to fight for our values and push back against the Biden administration daily. Tell America a little bit about your background and where people can go to help you. Yes, sir. Well, look, I, I grew up in uh, in Hardin County, which is about 40 minutes south of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, went to undergrad and, and law school uh, and graduated from there and worked at a small, uh, worked at a law firm and worked in D.C., then came back to Louisville and I got the notion to run for attorney general in 2019 and, and had a resounding win in 2019 and 
have been serving as the attorney general these last three years and, again, just been standing up for constitutional rights and conservative values and want to take that approach to the governor's office. And if anybody wants to know more about our campaign, uh, I invite you to go to CameronForKentucky.com. Myself and my wife, Mackenzie, our 15-month-old Theodore, we would be honored to have your help. Again, our primary is on May 16th. We'd love to have your vote. And if anybody wants to help us financially, again, CameronForKentucky.com. Let's put it up there, Mr. Producer. One last question. I only have a few seconds. Is the current governor running for re-election? He's running for re-election, but we are going to retire Andy Bashir and the Bashir dynasty in November of this year. All right, sir. Well, God bless you and good luck. And we'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Yellow, yellow. Yes, I know the gentleman was uh, briefly worked for uh, McConnell on Capitol Hill. But I also looked at his record since then, and it's been stellar. Solid as a rock. And he is a conservative. He's been very solid as Attorney General. He's solid on life. He's solid on economic issues, solid on immigration issues. And that's good enough for me. Plus, he has a real shot of beating this disastrous leftist who's the governor of Kentucky. And so they're gunning for him. The racist left, the Marxist left, they're gunning for the guy. And... uh We have a lieutenant governor of North Carolina. Fantastic guy as well. Black gentleman. I believe he's going to run for governor. Solid as a rock. And I'm going to back him too. No, not because he's black, but because he's solid as a rock. And so uh, I think people who are solid like this deserve our support, especially when they come under this smear campaign. The left just cannot stand it. Conservative blacks, conservative Hispanics, conservative Asians, conservative Native Americans, conservative anyway, but especially minorities. They brutalize them. Brutalize them. If you own a small business, you know the value of time. Innovation Refunds does too. Now, they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC, program. 
Go to GetRefunds.com, GetRefunds.com to get started. And in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC refund, an ERC refund. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on the payroll during COVID-19. Innovation Refunds has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC, and they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based on incomplete or inaccurate information. You need to press ahead and check it out. Don't let this opportunity slip through your fingers just because you listen to the wrong information. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. So go to GetRefunds.com, GetRefunds.com, GetRefunds.com. Mr. Producer, we have any callers and to whom shall I speak? Yes, yes, of course we do. Quaker Town, Pennsylvania, I know where that is. Uh, XM Satellite, Brett, I think your name is, is that right? Uh, Brent, B-R-E-N-T. Congratulations. <laughs> I just want to thank you, Mark. You made me laugh so hard tonight with that President Biden and the cue cards. I drive truck over the road, and yes, it sir. just makes my week. I listen to you every night. Thank you. Well, you know, we have to have a little levity, and sorry to say our That's levity sure. has a lot of truth to it with respect to Biden. That's true. That is true. But I watch right. every night. I watch every Sunday night. You're doing a fabulous job. God bless you for what you do. And so are you, Brent. Thank you for everything that you do. Take care of yourself. Yeah, I was in the, mo- in the mood. Carl, Forest Grove, Oregon. KUFO, the great KUFO. Yes, Carl. Hello. Thanks for letting me emit some carbon. Yes, Hello. yes. Just don't emit methane while you're on the air. That's all. <laughs> Article 2, um, why was Congress given the ability to override the vice president if he has no power in it himself? <clears throat> well, I think it's a question. I don't think it's resolved. I really don't. Hmm. I don't think it's resolved. Yeah, to me, it, yeah it, to me, it implies that he has some kind of power of some type. He may or may not. Um, the Constitution doesn't tell us. Now, in practice, the tradition has been no. But as I've said, I said maybe 6, 10, 12 months ago, but the issue's not resolved. So if somebody said the vice president has the power to do X, Y, Z in this case, depending on what X, Y, Z is, it's not clear at all that it's prohibited. All right, Carl. Forest Grove, Oregon, I want to thank you. I want to thank all the patriots who live in Oregon. I don't have the foggiest idea why you do, but I want to thank you nonetheless. Jerry, Edison, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hello, Mark. Uh, I just want to talk about the EVs yes, yes. and possible radiation that come off of them. So the what? Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not the a scientist. What? Radiation. So that, radi- Hold on. That comes off what? I, I didn't hear you. Uh, the battery in an EV car. Oh, okay. Okay, so you remember the phones when they were too close to your head, people said, move away. Mm -hmm. And computers, people say, you know, you shouldn't sit next to, like, tons of them. Well, a lithium battery in (laughs) an EV car 
is about mm-hmm. 1,500 to 3,000 laptop computer battery uh, strength, and it's like 6,000 cell phones. These are for Bastards. regular cars. Yes. So you're sitting on top of all this. So mm-hmm. the question is, has anyone really studied that? No. No, and they can't because you can't. You must be a climate denier. Do you deny climate, sir? Ah, uh, well, I, I do. Mean, you, sir, do you deny the existence of climate? Yes, do I'm you? a climate denier. <laughs> you are a denier, sir. I'm sorry to hear this. Yes, I'm a denier, so you know I have to go somewhere. I have to be exiled. Yes, obviously. you need to be re-educated. Uh, well, yeah, we're being re-educated as we speak. I was going to say you. Uh, probably uh, have went to a New Jersey public school. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Who am I going to? Oh, Scott, St. George, Utah, the great KDXU. Go right ahead. Go ahead, Scott. I just wanted to say I've been trying to call for a few weeks to get in. Can you hear me okay? I can. It worked. So I turned on Life, Life, Liberty, and Levin every, yes. like I do every Sunday. I love that show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I, I turned it on three weeks ago, and the first commercial that comes up is a, a commercial saying Ron DeSantis is going to. I have no control over the commercials. I want you to know that I do not like these attacks on DeSantis either. I've said it on the air repeatedly, and I don't like it when they run erectile dysfunction commercials on my show. I don't like it when you know they run all kinds of weird commercials. But I have no say over it. I understand, but this has been going on for three straight weeks, and I think... Well, what do you want from me? I can't control it. I don't... I can't control the commercials that are run on this show, locally. I understand. I'm the host. I think it's it's beyond the... It's it's from the Democrat National Committee playbook. They're they're trying to take down... I I think the, the effort to smear him is absolutely unnecessary. We saw this for Ted Cruz, and you didn't like it then. You defended Ted Cruz. You talked about the cult of personality. And I think a lot of the conservatives are tiptoeing around. That Look, I think I you're a never-Trumper. I've already explained myself to you twice. I've said on the air more than anybody else, I don't like him. The Trump people know I don't like them. I don't control his campaign. I don't control who runs commercials in my show. Now, the interview with Trump is about his book and about issues related to that. And I didn't bring up DeSantis, just like when I interviewed DeSantis about his book. I didn't bring up Trump. They want to do that. They can go to Andrea Mitchell and so forth. I do not view my role as destroying our candidate, whomever that candidate is, probably one of the two. That's not my job. You may want it, but I'm not going to do it. There's plenty of hacks out there for these phony news sites and these newspapers and network TV shows. Let them have fun doing it. I'm not doing it. Okay. They're destroying DeSantis, is my point. It's, I, mean, I don't know it, what else to tell you. But, Donald, have you, have you discussed the fact that Donald Trump and many other conservatives have taken Disney's side against DeSantis, saying Disney should move out? Did um, I do that, Mr. Producer? Did I do that for the first 20 minutes of the program tonight? Did I do it for the program two, three days ago when Nikki Haley pulled the same stunt? All right, Scott, you got to listen. Thank you for your call. I believe I did. And I don't believe I did it in a very 
necessarily nice way. But I did it, didn't I, Mr. Producer? Didn't I, America? Yes. Because I agree with DeSantis on Disney, and I don't believe that people should be stabbing him in the back. And I'm not going to do what I did already. You want to listen to it again, sir? We have four years of our programs up on MarkLevinShow.com. You can go back and listen to this show when it's over, the first part of it. Or the podcast, which will have it. Or the streamlining, which will have it. Or the auto-rerun, which will have it. It's all over the place. It's all over the world. It's all over the Internet. It's all over the place. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My beloved listeners, uh, many of you have or know of people who are graduating from colleges and universities, and many of you have seen them change as a result of that. That's what four years of social pressure uh, propaganda and indoctrination do. And um, so a lot of our kids are losing their foundations that you taught them. Young America's Foundation is well aware of this, and they are in the colleges and universities and the high schools and middle schools, and they hope to get into the elementary schools to battle this. And they are battling it. And they are teaching young people how to debate, how to fight, obviously intellectually, and how to make a difference in these classrooms and on campus. It's very important. And these are the people who are on the front lines helping us and helping these students, your children. And they also saved the Reagan Ranch from the inevitable destruction from the left. And they, they have taking care of its upkeep. It's absolutely beautiful. I was out there last week. They also developed the Reagan Ranch Center, sort of a little museum that you can go in as well. The, the president of YAF is Governor Scott Walker, who was fantastic, a Reaganite, and was a fabulous governor as well, a great human being. Unlike the Reagan Library, where the chairman of the board is, uh, is a guy that blew out almost every Reaganite off the board there. It's just disgusting. I'm a proud YAF alumnus, Katie Pavlich is as well. I urge you to support Young America's Foundation today to save your country. And your support will provide students with a life-changing visit to the Reagan Ranch. And even more, your support will enable us to duke it out in academia, which is very, very important. Visit levinforyaf.org. That's L-E-V-I-N for yaf.org. levinforyaf.org. And they will send you a free Reagan Ranch calendar, which is very cool. That's levinforyaf.org. Okay. All right. Let us go to uh, Hank in Wislow, Arizona, XM Satellite. Hank, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fine, Mark. Uh, uh, thank you for having me on. You bet. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, to call. Yes, I, I wanted to call say congratulations on all your success i'm a huge fan of yours i listen to you every evening every time i get off work i'm heading straight home and uh i'm always uh pleased to uh 
to get to listen to you and hear what you have to say motivate me and it gets me through my entire week weekend and it gets wow. me going so i just wanted to say uh congratulations all your success and then also you know uh, god bless you and um also oh yes do you happen yes, to sir. have any more of your signed uh book um, american marksman i do not but i'll tell you what You've kissed my butt so completely and thoroughly, and, I, uh, and I'm going to have a good weekend. Uh, don't hang up, Mr. Producer. Get his address, and we'll get him a signed book. All right. Oh, we do have some books? Look, I don't want that to be the basis for callers. I'm, not, I'm just kidding around with Hank, but Hank's a good guy, and we'll get him a book. Thank you, Hank. You take care of yourself, man. Do I have time for anybody else? 20 seconds, I don't. Well, I want to thank everybody who has called in. You can call us on Monday. I hope you will watch Life, Liberty, and Live In on Sunday. It is a very, very important show, as they all are, really. If you can't watch it live right now, go to your DVR and set it up. Set it up for 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, any time that it's relevant to you, so you can watch it if you can't watch it live. We go to America every Friday. In honor of you. Here we go.
folks. The week is over. The weekend officially begins. Don't forget 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday night. Life, Liberty, and Levin. I know you're going to like it. We salute our armed forces and police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, and, of course, the freedom fighters in Taiwan and in Ukraine. Good night, Spritey and Griffey. Good night, Pepsi and Smokey. Good night, Zelda and Gigi and Indy and Patton and Rory. Good night, Barney. Good night, Marty. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. America, good night to you. God bless you. See you Sunday. Have a great weekend.